Hey, Pranasos, welcome back to Printavo Pranasos Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce from Printavo. We have got a very special episode. Of course, we've got Mr. Stephen Farrag out of Campus Inc. Mr. Farrag's running around like crazy with a new hire, which which we got to chat about as well. But uh, we got Jim and Chris uh, from Cobra Flex to talk about direct-to-film. Some really cool stuff that we've been hinting around about. And Stephen, you've, you've taken the plunge to buy in. And uh, so, first of all, Jim and Chris, thanks for joining us. I know Chris is just jumping in too soon, but uh, thank you guys. It's been great. Jim, uh, do you want to give us a quick, quick background on you guys, Cobra Flex, how you got into this? So Cobra Flex got into this. Uh, we've been doing this for probably about three years now. Um, we've been working on the powder machines and ran the powder machines and decided, look, we got to do something different. Um, the smoke, the smell, the just you know, just the mess that a powder machine is gonna is gonna put out. We got to do something different. So uh, Chris and I had been working on this process for about two years now, and said we got to try something. We ended up trying the no powder with an adhesive. Uh, they kept saying it can't be done. Uh, there was a few times I will tell you that we we kind of thought the same thing. Um, and we just kept on changing and changing and changing, uh, whether it was heat drying processes, uh, more lights, less lights. Uh, so we tried every process out there and finally came to the conclusion that we can do this. Um, got it done, uh, got it done about eight, nine months ago, still working on it. And, you know, every day is another advance in what the process is all about. So. Uh, did our big release at the Pittsburgh show, um, and Stephen received the first uh, no powder machine in his facility. Whoa! Uh, serial. Yeah. It hasn't even been. I need a serial number zero zero. That's all I requested. That's all I want. Etched in. Uh, Etched in. Then yeah, I'll be so happy. We're gonna. We're making that now. I'm putting it. I'll put it on the laser. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's definitely coming up. Um, so we, it's been working out pretty well. Uh, so far, uh, quite a few units in, in build right now. Uh, units going to be shipping out this week, next week. Uh, so the, the market is, is hot, and we're really pushing as many machines as, can, as we can out there now. That's awesome. And this is just the beginning. All right. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about like DTF. For anyone that really doesn't know much about it, it doesn't stand for what traditionally people think that is. So what 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 is DTF? Yeah, basically it's just, uh, applying ink to a film as opposed to what uh, what people really think that's meant for. Um, that's been in the past, but it's uh, applying ink to film, having an adhesive, whether it's a powder or now a, a liquid glue, onto that film um, as it kind of goes through the heating unit or powder shaker, whatever it may be. Basically, kind of dries that on there, uh, roll to roll or sheets. And then you can heat apply it to pretty much about any product right now. So what's interesting is we were in a shop that used a lot of transfers probably until the pandemic hit because of masks. We really didn't order a ton. And then once we realized we could get them for masks, we were ordering a ton of them. And I think what was interesting is like our spend went up to probably spent two to $3,000 a month from all the different companies out there, Supa, F&M, 618, you know, all of them. And, and I don't, I, I still think there's a place for them. Right. But where do you think DTF is going to fit into the screen printing market? 
Um, I definitely think the uh, DTF printing is going to take over a big portion of the screen printing market without a doubt. I'm seeing it already in all the customers that we have that already have the product themselves and that are producing and or are requesting transfers to be done to see if they can basically convert the customers that they have on designs that are full color, single color. So, I mean, without a doubt, yeah, a lot. It's going to it's gonna definitely take a lot of the screen printing industry away, plus the labor, having a qualified screen printer to print multicolor job burn screens, reclaim everything else that goes with it. They're up in production and give or take about 15 minutes. Yeah, so, you know, I started diving down this rabbit hole of DTF. I was in some Facebook groups, forums. One thing led to another, and Dave from Multicraft connected us, and we, we kind of figured out what's so special about the Cobra Flex because it is uniquely different than any other system that's out there. Can you guys kind of chat a little bit about that? So I can tell you that one of the unique differences is that the machines that come, that Cobra Flex basically runs their machines, designs, builds, and runs their machines in-house before they ship them out the door. And so, by, by Cobra Flex, that's you guys? Yes, that's us. Okay, so, no one else <laughs> in Arizona. No, no, no one else in Arizona. Uh, we build all the 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 dryers, everything. Uh, I'd like to say it's one hundred percent made in the United States, but I, there's not a product in the world that's made in one hundred percent. We buy our lights and our lamps uh, overseas, bring them over here, coordinate with our build teams, and our build teams all put them. They you know build them, wrap them, assemble them all here in Tempe, Arizona. Same with our uh, our printer units. Our printer units come over. We install the heads, headboards, uh, all the stuff that we designed for the machine, and then we put it out to the market after we test it for 24 to 48 hours minimum on our floors. Uh, our machines come with a with a uh, computer. It comes with the software installed uh, for rapid deployment, pretty much. So. Yeah. So one thing that was interesting when I started figuring it out, you can actually try to buy a DTF directly from China, right? And I learned really quickly in the forums and the groups how like dangerous that is. Why? <laughs> um, because the instructions come in another language, <laughs> um, but you literally have to put the machine together from like scratch. Mm. Um, and then there's a lot of like software, the hard, like, there's the hardware and then there's the rip involved. Um, and then there's the, you know, getting everything tuned up. What was interesting and what I learned in the process was they sent out the techs and Cobra Flex has techs that are, that are out there that are trained on wide format. Um, and they were explaining to me all the calibration that went into it, bleeding all the lines out. There are so many things that could go wrong. I I can't believe I thought for a second that I was going to buy it overseas. Um, but talk to us about uh, about what that process is like. Like, what is it like when when you're a new shop that that wants to get one? I mean, I think having you two as experts is important. But chat chat with us a little bit about that because I think that's important. So I'll give you the complete synopsis. So Cobraflex Printers does not sell printers to the public. So Cobraflex Cobra Printers has pre-qualified our dealers. And right now we have four dealers in place. We'll probably have six by the time it's all said and done. 
But in order to be a dealer for Cobaflex printers, you must have the service capabilities to, in order to become a dealer. So that was one of the things that we had looked at, and we did the same thing as you. You know, as over the years, we've monitored those, we monitored those uh, Facebook pages like crazy, and say, how can we make our our process, our unit, our our uh, our just our service that much better? Because there are so many people that that buy the the Chinese machine, or even buy a, a, a stateside Chinese machine, and still have the same type of an issue. So what we said is we're going to take and we're going to make sure that this thing is ready to go out the door. We we run it, drain it, get it ready for shipping, and once you receive it, it's ready to go. So each machine we can log into remotely, uh, or you can log in remotely if you need to do uh, remote cleans or anything like that. And we can check and find out what type of issues that you're having with your machine and kind of walk you through it pretty quick as you as you have experienced, you know, uh, somehow the, a glitch happened and it turned turn the uh, the uh, software back to another language. And we were able to fix that within seconds rather than having to send it. What language was it? Now. You couldn't understand. So, it was Chinese. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, our software, I mean, is 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 it? A Chinese offset printing based software, which is main top. And uh, we're, we are we are working with uh, CadLink now to uh, profile and put our machines on CadLink too. So we have some local distributors for that too. How, how'd you guys get into this? Um, just you guys like, where did this all come from? I'll be honest with you. Uh, I am I, I was a print shop, I, a large print shop owner. And, uh -huh. you know, I had uh, a 10 color, a 12 color, a six color, four or five manuals, a hundred embroidery machines. Um, you know, we did a million and a half hats in the previous years. I mean, it was, so we were large, large scale operation. And when COVID hit, uh, kind of the same thing, you know, masks, we, we converted our facility to actually sewing and making masks. And I had an Oki and I'm like, you know, I, I got to figure this out. I, you know, I've been working on this and I had the machine sitting here and I'm like, it's time to go live with this stuff. So we had, we were a little bit ahead of the game and figured we got to get it done and started pushing really, really hard on trying to do this now. Um, and hmm. honestly, yeah, I went from 41 employees down to uh, nine employees. And I can tell you that I have a 60 inch Cobra Flex that runs, you know, a full roll of film just about every day, 50 inches wide. Wow. Wow. So the whole business just shifted. And then it, this, this was the total pivot. Yes, it was. It was a, it was, it was a little bit stressful in the beginning, you know, but I can tell you that I went from sublimating masks. I have a full sub, sublimation op operation and I went from sublimating masks to Cobra Flexing, uh, uh, black, white, different colored masks that, so i had an inventory sitting here and i was able to get them out the door that much faster so wow chris you know, how did how did you get into this well I was, let me finish this real oh, quick. oh there's a story getting better yeah, so, <laughs> the, so the, how how it came with chris is chris has been a distributor and of inks and and other stuff he had been my distributor that we we bought uh inks and stuff from and i liked his business model because Chris has a kind of an Amazon business model, he runs through the, the runs through the state with three or four trucks that he has inks and stuff on the truck with. So then I just said, you know what? If I'm going to partner with anybody, this is the guy I want to do it with. 
man, it's an instant deal. It's a instant, let's put, you know, a hundred units in the field. Let's, you know, he can deliver the inks the, as fast as possible. And that's how it came to be. And, you know, R and D wise, he's got many, many years of the screen print side. So I'll let you tell him, tell you the rest from that point. So. So long story short, I've been in this industry 40 years. I was running large shops. We were doing Super Bowls, World Series, um, hot market, not counting rock bands and everything you can imagine. I felt like I had a lot of talent. Um, I spun off about 10 years ago to create a supply business um, and just start buying transit vans. So we offer basically free, free delivery locally. Um, we have up to four vans right now. And like Jim said, you know, him and I met. About two years ago and we just seemed to hit it off in the digital side talking about what we could do different options and next thing you know we're doing a bunch of R&D on um, DTF machines and once we started to kind of do that it was okay let's let's release them to customers that I know that I know that you know Jim and I can basically kind of keep our hands on and make sure that there's nothing wrong and if there is we can problem solve it so for about two years we released them out slow and um, once kind of COVID kind of settled down a little bit, we were like, you know what, let's turn on the floodgates. And the model really mm -hmm. is, is that we get um, distributors that also have techs um, to come on board because that's their customers are going to buy from them just because that's who basically they're going to, there's a trust factor. Mm -hmm. Just like my customers, I can make phone calls right now and sell these machines like crazy. Um, it's just a matter of a phone call. There's a trust factor. Yeah, and that's that's how I I mean Dave is the one that sold it to me. Um, you can follow him on Instagram. I just made him make a new one. It's Multicraft Daddy with a Multicraft Zaddy multi or Daddy Daddy Multicraft oh. underscore Daddy um, because I'm teaching Dave how to be cool on Instagram, and I love Dave. Dave's yeah. also for listeners has got us into the monarch wave and everything like that. And, and, and Dave is a, a really great industry leader that has helped us out. Um, the youth, if you will, uh, with, you know, Matt Marcotte and, and all the other guys, but, but man, that distribution is really important. It's almost, almost like undermined or not thought of when you're thinking about equipment, but the, the support that continues, I think we've talked probably more hours than I've talked to Carson's my wife, since I got the machine, but like, you have to learn the piece of equipment. There's going to be things that happen and cleanings and, you know, head nozzles and all that stuff. Have you seen or heard, talk to us about shops that are converting their Epsons over to direct to film or their DTG units. Is that, is that a big wave for y'all too? No, no, we, we, we kind of don't play in that market. Um, just because, uh, when we started doing this, we started getting calls from people that were, were doing that. And, those it seemed like the people that were doing those conversions we would have went broke if we would have started helping them they're struggling obviously they want the information we have to help them through that but our business model really isn't the smaller machines you know our we call our entry level machine is the 24 inch and then we just go up from there but being able to you know log in and do tech support and do all that kind of stuff i mean that's really ultimately is what jim and i basically partner up on and saying that the commitment to the customer, the machine, and, and make sure that that support is there is more important to our existing customers. We get a lot of calls, though. We do. A lot. So, so if a shop is thinking about converting their Epson 2100 or Brother DTX to going direct to film, are they better off just ordering transfers or what? 
I, I would suggest that the order transfers because if you think about a, a DTG, will run you'll run a, a twelve by twelve in four minutes, you know, and it's it you got to value your time. If you can't value your time, then you you know you, you probably should just transfer buy transfers out. That and the hmm. cost of those the cost of those inks from those manufacturers to keep your warranty under wraps and everything else. They're cartridges. They're chips. They're it's just pricey. You're not making the ROI like you would on a new piece of equipment and speed. Gotcha. And then if you were to do that, you would still have to use powder, right? You'll have to use powder. You uh, you have to you know dip it in by hand. You got to put it in a little easy bake oven. We call them. You know those are type of things that are just it's time so time consuming. You're talking on average of about eight to nine minutes for every twelve by twelve print. Gotcha. That's heavy. You might as well just DTG. We uh we actually just put our DTG on. I'm trying to sell it now. <laughs> I already listed it. We have a, we have a customer who had a what, what machine? Had? They had the uh, jet uh, free jet um, or the, yeah the Omni free jet, and he put it up for sale and bought a bought a Cobra the same. Bruce, day. maybe I'll bring it. To, you want to buy my DTG, Bruce? <laughs> no, I want to get a Cobra Flex. I'm actually uh, I'm kind of curious, you know, just from you guys getting started and doing this. I mean, just looking at the site and everything. You talked about getting where where you get the hardware, but uh, or where you get the software, but the hardware, like how do you source that and and get this manufactured? We have two we have two uh, sources that we that have our specs and plans. Mm -hmm. um, so two different places. We have the powder and no powder. Um, one of our one of our units basically, you know, we have the the base stations. Uh, we kind of just wanted to see the you know the coolest. And Epson's an Epson, right? That's what they are. They're they're just a bar and you know a rail. Uh, who's got the coolest box? You know that's one of the things that we look for. Is you know we like this this unit because it kind of had that snake look to it. You know, um, we have other units that we're working on now. We this this unit is the small unit. We have a, the 50 inch unit and the 125 inch unit. Um, but also we're working on a 10 color fluorescent machine that that's going to be, you know, we're working on that at, at this point too. And that's so you can do double CMYK or CMYK, dark and light. Yeah. Light cyan, light magenta, fluorescent yellow and fluorescent orange with white and R adhesives. And we have that machine mm. here that we're doing R and D on right now. And then it's coming here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just just keep sending them. I th I think what's most interesting. So we were we were anti powder. We're like we're not gonna do the powder thing because it's just it's messy, right? Um, but what's interesting when you look at the print heads, there's a CMYK print head. So you technically could screen print CMYK, and then it has a print head that throws white ink on it. So there's your underbase, and then it has a third print head that's throwing the adhesive on, which is just clear. So it's doing them all in one pass, and then it goes through like a flash unit, basically, uh, and then it's ready to go, which is insane. How much like reconfiguring did y'all have to do to be able to throw like adhesive through a print head? That does not seem normal. Um, I will tell you that we've gone through a few few uh, boards <laughs> trying to throw enough volume. I mean, a print head is just about electricity, right? So it's sending electricity through the piezo head. And then it'll tell you how much ink it's allowed to, or it's going to allow you to push through. So when you, we've pushed it a little too far a couple times and had to replace headboards and tried different headboards, uh, tried the Hosan board, tried the BH, 
VHYX boards. Um, and configuration-wise, it just takes a little bit of configuration. Uh, you know, there's spacing. There's all different types of things that you have to accommodate for because you can't just throw ink over top of those adhesives off, or over the glue or the inks, the white ink and everything at the same time. There's literally milliseconds in timing that, that gives it enough time to coagulate, the inks to coagulate. So some of the, some of the people that think, hey, I can just throw this into an Epson printer and I can have an adhesive printer, they'll probably have a, a boat anchor at that point. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, got to be careful. And I tell people this all the time. Can I use, we have people ask us for, their, for our inks. Uh, and I will not sell inks outside of our Coverflex process because I'm not going to be responsible for their, their their printer, their inks. If they use their inks or try to use our adhesives, sure. we're not going to be we're not going to be responsible for that. It's just uh, it takes too much time out of our day to to do something like that. Yeah, beyond it anyway to make sure that these products all fit really well together and perform. Yeah. yeah, I think our tech said the pores on a print head are smaller than your hair follicles or something like that. The pore, some, something half the size. Half the size. Half the, half the size. Uh, and so the hardest thing is like white ink, right? Like, isn't it all about like what makes white ink so difficult to work with with a digital printing? Well, white ink has got a, a powderish type uh, base to it. Um, and if it, if you're not careful, it coagulates in the bottom of your tanks and all that. And it's got a, like a, it's an acyllium oxide and it's an oxide is basically a, a metal, you know, or a, um, you know, a powder it turns into a powder and it's what turns the white white. Right. So what, what we look at is, you know, some people, you know, they try to put this in their Epsons and they don't shake their, their printers all the time you got to do that every morning or twice a day if you want to keep that ink from coagulating at the bottom of your tank. So that's why the lifespan of a typical Epson printer using white inks dies. It just dies. Um, so, and the same thing here, if you're not, if you're not moving that ink and it's sitting in there, it's coagulated. So the Cobra hat flex has like a jacuzzi in there. That's what I call it. Right. Yeah, a little circulatory system. A little slick, and it. Yes, and, it's, and it just lifts it from the bottom up to the top, lifts it to the, from the bottom to the top all the time. So. so, okay, people listening to this are going to be like, I can't afford it, or why, you know, like this is totally new. And well, I think. Well, what's the cost range, by the way? Cost range right now, uh, most dealers are putting them out there right now for a you know, show special going on, but 29 roughly for the 24 inch. And if you buy it through Multicraft underscore Daddy, he'll give you a great deal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but um, okay, so spending thirty grand on a machine like this, when when does it make sense, right? Like this is obviously supposed to be a replacement for some things. When does it make sense for a shop to really start looking into this machine? Well, I tell people this, you know, if you. Um, when doesn't it make sense? I mean, if you've got a DTG, if you have a you know a, a, an Epson converted, you'll you'll know that it makes sense all the way around. And I tell people that if it's all if it, if you're looking for cost, the lowest price, we're probably not the company that you want to you know hang your hat on. But if you're looking for consistency and longevity uh, and professionalism and the, the service oriented side of it. We're probably the company you want to go with. Um, 
we one thing I do see, and you see, you'll see this in some of the groups, is that those groups they talk about. I'll put it together myself. I'll do this. I'll do that. And what they don't do is they don't value the, their time. So if I buy a machine and I spend twenty-four thousand dollars by the time you get it over here to the United States, now you got to buy a computer. After that, you got to buy a uh, the software. You got you know, or no, you get the software. You got to buy a computer. So you're twenty-five, twenty-six thousand dollars. It took you two. I'm seeing this so often. It took me two months to get this machine up and going. Well, if you don't put a dollar amount on that two months, then you're probably in what we call the race to the bottom. And the race to the bottom is somebody that doesn't value their time in business. So, and in this industry, you, you have to be very, very aware of what you are going to spend on a new piece of equipment before you buy. So what if you, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jim, go ahead. So if you, if you really, really think that you're saving money by buying uh, for less, sometimes you're sadly mistaken, unfortunately. There are people that win. There are people that have a great mechanical aptitude that they can get it going in a week or two weeks. But, you know, even then, an average person who owns their own business should be making at least $100 an hour for your company. And if they can't do that because they can't run their machine, then you're, you're losing money. So mm -hmm. I, I, I try to educate people every day on, why you why you should or shouldn't do anything when it comes to this type of a business you know i mean if uh if you kind of i, I kind of tell people if you're looking at it saying i can't afford it legitimately you probably can't afford it what steven where, where does it fit in with you guys right you talked about ordering transfers i mean were, were you just spending so much on transfers that this popped up or wh where did it come from yeah, so we do, um, one, we're not the best technical screen printers. I'll say it what it is. We're not amazing sim process guys. We're very much a traditional shop that's great at three to five colors. And, you know, once you get into crazy sim process, it's more of a, a fun thing for us is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. We don't advertise it, right? Um, we do a ton of e-commerce, online stores, and Shopify work where we're trying to create a print-on-demand model, essentially, where we limit the amount of inventory that we hold, but we, we will like be top-heavy on the amount of, of transfers that we have. So what we'll do is we'll run a, you know, a limited release of a really cool piece of artwork, um, and uh, we can now cut it every couple of days, bring the blanks in, heat press them, and ship them out. So you know, if you think about it, if you Google Printful, Printful just raised a ridiculous amount of money again. I don't even know what the number is because they're really working on this print-on-demand thing. And that's where e-commerce is going is on-demand or just-in-time printing. So for us, it made a huge sense for our Shopify stores that we're running um, because we're just able to, to, to keep the transfers and, hey, we just need three more of those or four more left chests and we don't waste, you know, we, we won't waste that. And so we were spending a lot of money getting those transfers and it's just, it makes us so much faster. The other thing that I'm realizing is that it fills in the gaps of the jobs that I not necessarily don't want to do, but like last week we did a merch release drop for an athlete. We had 15 different designs, 20 pieces of each, and they were all really intense. Like they were really cool artwork. We had like 
the initials right here, something on the hood, like streetwear kind of thing. And I was able to do it all on an artboard in Photoshop, print it out, and we just we heat pressed the whole entire thing. And we were able to like basically sample 400 pieces and do an in-person drop for an influencer in a day. And that was my first test on the machine and we haven't gotten any complaints yet. So those are just like two things, you know, another thing the team got really excited about is no minimums on online stores. So mm. if you, if you run an online store and you've got three pieces and then one thing only sells four of them, just run it on the Cobra Flex because we weren't going to order 24 transfers to do those two pieces and we were not going to DTG it. The quality of DTG is just, it's very limiting. It doesn't work on polyester, you know, and it, and everyone hates it. No one likes pre-treat, right? So those different instances um, just made it like a no-brainer for us. And obviously volume is a big part of it. But uh, Bruce, you just visited a shop that did print on demand, right? Um, yeah. Select. Yeah, yeah. Check out their shop tour, by the way, in the, in the description, because you can see actually how it works. Um, pretty similar to you. Actually, with COVID, they shifted, kind of similar to you guys, Jim, they've heavily shifted to e-com fulfillment. I mean, I think he was saying 60%, 50%, something like that. Pretty significant is now fulfilling for stores. <clears throat> and uh, they obviously couldn't do that just running traditional screen printing. They didn't want to really do digital. Um, they do a little bit with digital depending on the types of work but for the most part they stock transfers um they order garments every day uh you'll notice one of the videos the one of their secret sauces is they built a little program that auto orders so many of the garments so it it, it kind of pulls it all into shopify and then auto orders for them uh depending on what's the closest warehouse and go out from there and then they stock, they put their inside labels in and they put it on the shelf and then they grab the transfer, wheel it over and people just, you know, it's like it's stuck to the shirt with the transfer, a little clip and put it down and they must have eight, you know, uh, machines that they're working on and just heat transferring. And so, uh, and then another person is shipping everything out, weighing it, putting it in bags and, and shipping. I I think, Bruce, what we're learning about our industry or like how our industry has changed in the last, like we are more direct to consumer than we've ever been, right? Like my yeah. business partner, Jed, will say, we used to just print 100 shirts, put them in a box, and if one was messed up, eh, take it out, right? And now it's like you have a unique experience with every customer, but there's also a lot of money to be made when you're retailing, right? Like you can sell a t-shirt for $25 these days versus a $7 three color front, one color back, you know? And so I guess Jim and Chris, are the customers that you're servicing screen print shops? Are they more, you know, offset shops that want to get into apparel? What's the customer profile that you guys are really going after? A lot of them are screen print shops. I'm going to be honest. I think there's another direction on the sign shops because they're not afraid of big digital machines either. And they've never been really into this kind of market because screen printing is is just, you know, a lot of product intense, you know, the chemicals, the screens, burning it. So a lot of the sign shops have kind of stayed away from screen printing. But the screen printers, you know, within about seven or so clicks, you know, they're up and going and doing DTF printing instantly. Um, and they're also being able to sample like back to, you know, what's why somebody wants to even, you know, go this direction and spend that kind of money. The ROI is through the roof, um, per print full color. 
They don't need all the products to do it, but they could also minimize and reduce the designs down and set your template up and sample other customers as well as um, create, you know, extra stuff for aprons and hats and different products to promote, you know, an upsell to the customer right now. Everybody's looking for more employees. So by, um, and not being able to get them. So having those extra prints and then they say, Hey, tomorrow I just hired a new person. You know, you can pull that transfer and slap another transfer, on another item, order the shirt in and be done. So a lot of the screen printing shops are jumping on this right away because to get that talented screen printer to do that multicolor or to even offer it right now um, is really hard to do. So this machine fills that void and I think will for many years. So well, go ahead, Bruce. Derek, where do you, where do you, where do you fill it in now with your work? Right? So you tell your sales reps, if it's who, who decides where it's going, if it's going DTF, obviously, you know, e-com is one side, but just regular orders and you're selling DTG. Is that where it's replacing it today? Yeah. Well, we're only uh, 10 days in or eight or nine days in. <laughs> Okay. Um, sure. But we, <laughs> we, our order processor, like on the flight deck, basically knows how a job is going to get produced. Mm -hmm. And they will tell them before the sales rep even, it's almost like the sales engineer will say, nope, we're going to transfer that. And then they'll price it for transfers. Whether we're buying the transfers or we are doing the transfers in house, we set up pricing just for transfers. Um, really, if we're running any type of online store where we're worried about minimums and it's going to be above a couple colors, we're usually doing transfers. The order processor will make the call based on the complexity of the job and what our schedule looks like. You know, would we do a hundred pieces? Would we, you know, obviously we want to screen print as much as possible, but if we're jammed up, the heat press does not stop. So it's, it's kind of a it's a it's a hat dance a little bit and you have to have someone that's definitely knowledgeable in it i think the biggest difference is i'm not afraid to sell multicolor stuff and be like afraid of like a 30 piece seven color back those are the ones that kill you right and those don't scare me anymore because i don't have to dtg it and it's just it's just printing out, you know, 30 okay. other transfers, right? But you still keep your minimums as is because the whole pre-sales process. Yeah, we're not trying to target one and two piece customers. Right. Don't think I want an online design tool, Bruce. <laughs> and I fancy you in a designer tool. Um, okay, that makes and that because that, that's what I'm curious, right? Like, what is it good? Where is it not? It's still better to to you know set up the job fully on a press, but. Yeah, what do you think, Chris and Jim, what do you think about the wave to, like, digital squeegees? Isn't this a competitor to a digital squeegee? Well, digital squeegees, what, 300 and some thousand dollars around, somewhere around there? Yeah. It's a big number. And you still got to put it on a screen printing press. You know, that's part of the press. And like Chris said, the, the, that talent, that screen printing talent is not there anymore. Um you know, that's the hardest part uh, about it. It used to be able to, there was 10 people to fill every position. And now that, uh, now that we, we've lost that whole, um, you know, that whole, uh, artesian portion of it, it's pretty much gone. So, so there are people out there that are like probably listening to this, like cringing in their chairs being like, I still love screen printing. Screen printing isn't dead. You just love the feeling of it. Do you get that a lot? Yes, I had a guy at the show, older gentleman, 10 days away from retirement. He basically said, this is bull crap, man. 
<laughs> I've been pulling squeegees for 37 years. <laughs> he was pretty ticked off. He's like, if I would have had this years ago, I would have been in, in heaven. But are you are, are print shops fighting you saying like, no, customers are still going to want real ink? They're, it's funny. They're looking, they're looking at it going, this is, I, we have one client who bought a Coverflex. She was basically, when we first introduced her, she sat there and cried. Yeah. She She's, said, this is going to, this is finally here. It's finally taking away screen printing. It's like, I don't have to worry about the guy coming in drunk. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that. Mm. Every day it's something new with these people. So what does it not work on? Like what does a Cobraflex, what, what do the transfers not work on? Like what are you, what are your challenges or your pain points? Is it a material? Is it, you know, talk to us about that. Right now it's glass. Um, hmm. Promotional product type scenarios. Working on that, the adhesives for that next. That's the, it's the next phase of adhesives. Um, I will tell you that anything that's been water treated, it has a little bit of a, has a little bit of an issue sticking to, uh, now it seems like anything that's got a, like a silicone base that, you know, they spray for water treatment. I just did some canvas. Uh, I did some untreated bags that went, worked well. Um, I did some canvas bags that were treated that didn't work very good at all. I had to take a little bit of denatured alcohol, wipe it in the area, and then, then press down to it. Um, so we, we test just about everything right now. Um, it works really, really well on polyester jerseys. Uh, it's a big thing for us right now is, you know, we, we want to push that because the, you know, right now it's, as everybody knows, it's really, really hard to get jerseys and, you know, any Nike, Adidas, any of that stuff coming in the door right now is pretty tough. So at the last minute, we're trying, people are coming to us and say, hey, I need to put something on poly, but I can't have it made or I can't get it. So, um, you know, even Nike is saying, I can't, um, you know, we can't make that on demand for you anymore. So, you know, it's unless you're Clubhouse Athletics, sponsor of Print Hustlers 2021, um, clubhouseathletic.com. <laughs> is that is that where the do you think that's where the machine's going? Do or do people need to buy a, a new machine in the future when you like are the machines future proofed or is it advancements that you guys are going to make over the next couple of years? I will tell you that advancements wise, I mean, we have goals and our goals are to uh, um, my goal is in the next three, three to four years putting out a machine that'll do four to 5,000 shirts an hour. Hmm. 12 by 12s. Do you uh, think you're gonna have to use like a Stampinator or something? Like something that can heat press in line? I don't know if you've seen a Stampinator. Yes, yes. Um, do you think it'll, you'll have to use something like that? Uh, we're working on a heat press, a six, that's a six head heat press that's got a auto puller. Uh, we're setting it up now that basically it's got a heat set, you, you put it on, it, it goes on to the next phase. It hit, goes under a heater, hits it, comes around, goes to the cooling station, cooling station. Then it goes to a, uh, a robotic arm that's going to pull the pull the, the sheet off, and it hits the second press after that. So it's we, we, we need to go do a tour, Bruce. That's, uh, you guys should do eight so you can use, like, Cobra Flexagon or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we're trying to keep it thin and small. Something that will do a shirt every 15 to 20 seconds but with six heads. Um, so we're, you know, we were basically taking other people's stuff, you know, we'll, we'll tear it apart, remake it, tear it apart, remake it and go from there.
So how much of your time is spent in R&D? Is it just you two that are like, you know, um, just kind of yeah. hacking through it? Tell us about that. 40 to 80 hours a week sometimes, yeah. just R&D. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I mean, I could show you a stack of headboards that... I could show you a bunch of ink and stuff that's not good. <laughs> Don't send it our way. I can tell you... Talents of stuff that's not right. <laughs> we have thousands of liters that are, that are we've tested and tested and tested. Do you, do you focus now fully on Cobra Flex or do you run the shop still? Uh, absolutely. Focus 100% yeah. on Cobra Flex at this point. My, uh, my screen side, you know, it's, it's narrowed down, really narrowed down. So do you think, like, if you were to predict, do you think the wave of DTGs is going to, do you think they're just going to die? Like, is DTG dead? You know, I think so. I mean, honestly, I think that it's going to Chris come says to yes. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> going to come to the. I mean, honestly, I, I kind of believe that DTG was dead on arrival, and just because there were so many different variables, and we've run into them, you know. But you know, not not being able to get a smooth surface, um, that that is that's very important, you know. Putting again, each each shirt is going to have an inconsistent spray, just because it's a it's a it's an uneven surface. Mm -hmm. So that's where the DTF comes in to play and says it's a, it's a, it's a perfectly even surface. We're going to put it onto an uneven surface with heat and pressure. So basically now we have the smoothest, softest hand in the industry. It is very smooth. I made Bruce. I, I had a shirt for Bruce and I, found his streetwear brand from when he was a young young boy and bruce you've got one right there i think um it's great uh i'm gonna get it real quick yeah no it's yeah you can grab it i mean it has no hand it literally has it almost you're like whoa there's there's nothing to it um and what was funny is i took garbage artwork well not bruce garbage but I took, uh, I photoshopped a picture of Bruce. I, don't know if this is the I threw it in the. For an example. Oh, look at that! Okay, just just zoom that into the camera a little bit. Yeah, on your Instagram post, I believe I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, look at little Bruce twice there. Um, yeah, and I photoshopped that. I uh, you just make like a, it's like a channel separation basically. You make a white channel, a glue channel, or an adhesive channel. Look at that one. God, I really like that one. Um, <laughs> Job we just did for a lady. She said, "I, she she walked in the door with five pairs of underwear, and she said, I want my face on my husband, or my husband or boyfriend's <laughs> underwear, and we put thirty little hers all over his underwear." <laughs> um. Yeah. We. Yeah. I haven't gotten that request, but it was cool that I whipped that up so quickly, and it wasn't like it didn't feel. It wasn't hard, you know. Um. I guess talk about like wash and wear. How many washes are you thinking these are gonna, you know, what like what's the shelf life of this? So right now, um, let's let's talk about where we're at now. What our goal is gonna be? I mean, our goal is gonna be you know up to a hundred washes. This is like some Elon Musk goals. I like these. Yeah. Like, so uh, we right now we've already surpassed any any um, DTG DT, DTG uh, processes. Uh, anywhere from we've gone anywhere from 30 to 60 washes uh, depending on what you're putting in polyester seems to hold a lot longer and uh, polyester just binds and binds because we have poly is the base of our inks so uh, it binds to the shirts very very well so we've done some Nike jerseys uh, football jerseys that 
look amazing. The sleeves are actually screen printed, like stripes on them, mm. which just feels ridiculously thick, you know, straight from Nike, but it's a great jersey. And that jersey, you can't even feel the print on the front of the jersey. We co-reflex a gigantic print on there. So, I mean, those are the kind of things that, you know, we're definitely looking for these some reversibles. This is one that we just finished. Oh, wow. Sweet. That is really cool. what's what's really cool is on the artwork. Jim has been kind of teaching me that you can you can pick and choose where you want to put the underbase. So I like added it to one part, but I really wanted it like thin down in another area. So you just like you start to figure it out and try. Um, no differently than screen printing. It's like no different than being in your dark room and trying different things out. It it definitely is an experiment. Um, right. Now, Jim, it is a cold peel, right? Like yes. as cold as you can possibly be. Yes, and I will tell you that we are right now working on Hot Peel. Gotcha. And we're getting there. We're getting there. So So how quickly can you get, okay, say people hear this podcast and they're like, Multicraft Daddy, I want one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's a turn time to get, get equipment installed? Uh, about four to five weeks, depending on uh, the, the – the, we'll have them done and installed and ready to go, but depending on what the service techs – schedules are looking like for install uh, for install um, typically five weeks max so cool That's awesome. um what's uh bruce what else you got <laughs> you know I, I i'm so curious on the, the the business angle really which you've kind of touched on like where it's good for where it's not good for um were there any kind of gotchas especially Farragut, you installed it right or, or things like you talked about maybe the cold peel is one or just things to know for people as they evaluate dtf or just getting to install it well i think there's i don't know there's a curve somewhere that talks about like early adopters mm -hmm. right like i am an early adopter and i think shops need to understand that this is a new technology changing that fast. that is changing fast and will update quickly and they have to, you know, it's like you, you have to get on the bus um, and be willing to take that journey, right? And I think the, the biggest thing that I've learned is you need to rely on experts and, you know, um, they are also going to be there to support you too. But nothing's going to go – when you're an early adopter, it's like buying something on Kickstarter. You know, you have to just be prepared that it's going to be new. But it is a new technology that can be a game changer, um, which – it's already been a game changer for us, and, and we're super excited about it. But uh, no different than digital squeegee. I think it's the same way. You have to be prepared to be an early adopter. Nothing's going to be a, a, a Tesla out of the gates. Um, but someone had to, had to buy the original one. So I don't know. That, that would kind of be my, my two cents of it. You pointed um, right there, game changer, because that's really what I see is our customers that you know, out there that have these machines, that's exactly what they say. The industry has changed on them and just say, so is the game. It's a game changer for the, everything they're doing. Yeah, I, th I think for me, it's just, it's liberating to know that I can sell aggressively and not worry about it, right? And there are other applications, right, that we haven't talked about, leather, patch. Um, you can do some other cool things that we haven't really experimented with. But when you find the game changer in your shop, you, you exploit the living crap out of it, right? Like, we tell this to shops all the time. If you're not using a, a CTS, that is a game changer in your shop. For some shops, it might be Trilock, but for others, it's you, you have to be going direct to screen, right? We say, like, I don't know, Bruce, what are the other game changers that we're crazy about? <laughs> 
I mean, direct to screen probably. Using Printavo is a game changer. That one, I mean, I think people talk about the production manager, someone, you know, that that can really pull the glue and get it off the owner's plate. But I mean, this is this is pretty big. And especially I appreciate you guys sharing the story behind it. Uh, You know, it's pretty unique as you pivoted from such a downturn, really, from COVID into such a positive upswing here with this. So pretty excited to be able to see it and see you guys pushing it. Are you guys going to be at Long Beach by chance with it? Um, we're trying to put together the show now. We'll yeah. probably okay. be on the show. That'd be great. Love to film something. Yeah. And we'll be, um, because Jim and Chris and Dave have been like gracious enough to like let us be one of the early shops, I'll be pushing a lot of stuff out on my Instagram about it, just in Thank figuring you. things out um, and helping so shops out along it. the way. Um, happy to happy to discuss it, and um, if shops want to come down to Champaign, you're more than welcome to see it. Unless you're my local competition, then stay away. <laughs> <laughs> or a, or a sign shop. Get keep them out of this. Keep them out of this. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening. Um, any last words or anything else you guys might add to 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 this or anyone listening at home? No. What what I will tell you is there's a lot of naysayers out there, and I will tell you that's kind of our driving force, and you know, this is, we're just going to keep on pushing farther and pushing harder, you know, and by the time this is all said and done, once we got a, enough product in the market, you're going to see that, that we're going to keep changing the game every year, every year. That's awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys. This, this is, is awesome. Jim and Chris out of Cobra Flex. We'll drop a link down below. Producer Chris will hook it all up with all this information. We've, we've mentioned a lot of things in here. Thank you guys again for listening to this episode of Printable Print Hustlers podcast. Hopefully we'll see you coming out uh, this weekend. A lot of people coming out for Printavo's uh, and Me Labs. Is this, this is going to drop before Print Hustlers. See everyone in Chicago. We'll see you guys at Print Hustlers conference. It's going to be exciting. And if not this one, hopefully we'll see you at the next one. We're making a lot bigger, a lot better. Everything just keeps improving. But Jim and Chris, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.